if you may have been a member of BMG Music Club, if you can put on an album and know every word to every song on it, even if you've not listened to it in years, then today's podcast is exactly for you. The music that defined us in the 90s. Because let's be real, now we're in our 40s and the days of endlessly looping music without distraction are long gone. Hi, I'm Monica, one of two Monicas and a microphone. And I'm the other Monica. And we talk about nothing serious seriously. We provide real, relatable entertainment for you on a weekly basis. Join us to laugh, have fun, and reminisce. Monica, do you remember the first CD you purchased? Yes. Uh, I got a CD player when I for my 16th birthday, and I got the single from Babyface that was out at the time. Now, I don't remember what it was, but it was by Babyface. <laughs> so first up is music on repeat. In 19, I want to say 1992, Bohemian Rhapsody came out, and I had never heard of Queen. My parents' taste in music was definitely more like sea wind and 50s rock. And I thought it was brand new because it came from the Wayne's World movie. And it was on the radio constantly. I would take my little cassette recorder and record it every time so I could just listen to it in a loop. And Mm -hmm. then I found out that it was really an old song. I was about to say, uh, Monica, you know, it didn't come out that year, but I get it. I get it. You know, it came out before we were even born. And um, I knew it was old because I thought, wow, that's real cool. So, you know, me and my obsession with the 70s back then. Yeah. Did you watch Wayne's World, though? I just have to ask. Did you? uh, You know, I wasn't allowed to watch it for quite a few years after it came out because I was only 12. And it's kind of got some, you know, lewd comments and stuff. Yes, that song, uh, The Bohemian Rhapsody, was so huge at the middle school um, Mm -hmm. talent show. Talent show, y'all. Oh, I bet. Oh, gosh, it was hilarious. Now that I think back about it, I just had a random flashback to the talent show and everyone singing that song. Oh, that's fun. That's super fun. Well, there are quite a few more CDs that I put on repeat, um, like The Lemonheads, Nirvana, Phantom of the Opera, Aladdin. <laughs> nerd. Hey, you're going to have your chance to call me a nerd. <laughs> yeah. And then we've got bands like Cake and Weezer. I had to crowdsource some answers. Okay. Just because I loved hearing them. And a lot of yeah. these bands weren't from the 90s. The crowdsourcing, I mean, there were various answers. Some of them resonated with me from the alternative bands of the 90s. Others was like ABBA. And I didn't find out about ABBA until I was, I think, 20. Even though I knew Dancing Queen, like we all knew Dancing Queen. I didn't really, really listen to ABBA until I was in my 20s, which is so weird. You know, what's really funny is that the other day, Brady was blasting ABBA and one of the other neighborhood ladies stopped by and she was like, oh my goodness, I cannot believe what I am hearing because she was so excited. But what's funny is she is our age, you know, she's in our age group. So I do think that there was some sort of renaissance, if you will, with ABBA. It was. I remember it being played at all of the high school dances. (laughs) Monica, what were your go-tos? Well, it's hard to say because I think that my music taste changed so much. If you want to talk about all the 90s, like that's middle school through 
high school. And even in high school, I had a huge evolution. I liked new kids on the block because I was like 11 years old. So I think I was like forced to by society. (laughs) Then once I got into high school, which I think is more what we're talking about here. If you want me to tell you what I had on repeat, let me be honest. Like I have some of my CDs right here because I was making a TikTok video like six months ago and then I totally abandoned that. But um, (laughs) and I was going through my CDs. So they were like still up here in my office. Do you mind if I just tell you? Okay. So if you're talking about on repeat, hilariously on the top here, we have music from the motion picture Wayne's World. Yes, I had the soundtrack. Nice. (laughs) Yeah. Another one that I absolutely loved was In Vogue. Oh, I loved them. Oh my gosh. So good. Then another one that I played all the time, Tom Petty in the Heartbreakers Greatest Hits. And then here I have, and I'll just finish here and we can, we can go through this a little bit more later. Tony Braxton. She has great voice. To be honest with you, you want to know which one I probably played all the time, the most of all the albums I ever had. Which one? Jewel Pieces of Me. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, I happened to ask Paul. I was like, yeah. Paul, what's, what's your music from the 90s that you remember? You know, and if a song comes on, you know the words. And it was very interesting. He's like, well, you know, like Tupac, Biggie, Outkast, Public Enemy. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah, so he and Zach could listen to the same music for sure. Because those are all on Zach's list as well. Next, next road trip, they ride together and we ride t- together. <laughs> <laughs> Zach loved Nirvana. And I also know that he loved Corn and Incubus. Well, I went to Spotify to see what was popular in the 90s from mm-hmm. uh, Best of Rock, 1994. It brought up a whole bunch of new memories of other bands that I really, really loved, like Soundgarden, Green Day. I mean, I remember bicycling to soccer practice, listening to Bex, I'm a loser. <laughs> or it's just a loser. <laughs> yeah. The Offspring. Uh-huh. Hootie and the Blowfish. Oh, loved Hootie. Loved yeah. Hootie. I was a big REM fan, had all their CDs. So I just thought that was really interesting. Blur, I mean, I loved Blur too. It's got Dave Matthews Band on here. I was never really into them, but that's fine. To each their own. What? You aren't into Dave Matthews Band? Crash into me. I will uh, never I mean, I liked forget. The song. Do you remember well from college? Yes. Singing that. Okay. So freshman year walking into his dorm room and he's got his guitar out with his long hair and he is literally singing crash into me. And then I was like, oh my gosh, is this real? And then I walked out. (laughs) Love you, Will. But I was like, what? (laughs) Oh my gosh. All the girls were eating it up. It was like. Oh, I bet. Oh my gosh. Oh, well. No, it is, it is a great song. But then, you know, it there is. are people who like some of Dave Matthews' music or all of it. And then there are, like, they have fan fans, you know? Oh, or they're like my husband who absolutely cannot stand Dave Matthews and he classifies it as wuss rock. <laughs> <laughs> they're really a jam band, but, you know, whatever. Uh, well, moving on, we come to music contraband. Things that we weren't allowed to listen to, at least in my house, rap was like, that was a no-go. But then by the time my brother was a little older, he was listening to some hardcore rap. Oh, that is what happened to Zach. He was like not allowed to listen to any of that. And then by the time his brother was a senior in high school, we walk into the house and he is like blasting the most lewd stuff. And his parent, yeah, I don't know. That's what happens with the younger ones, I guess. 
I guess. I mean, I don't even know how my mom didn't hear it coming from his room or maybe he had earbuds in or headphones, whatever they were back then. But I was like, Rich, oh my God, I can't believe you're listening to this. Yeah, I have a good story, several stories about music contraband. One, now this harkens back to the 80s, but everyone will have to remember that I had two older brothers. They were seven and nine years older than me. So they were all 80s teen where I was all 90s teen. And my parents found their kiss and different things like that and twisted Mm -hmm. sister and quiet riot all of that and they like found those and they threw them like out in the garbage and my brothers to this day are still i swear a ptsd over that i don't know if that has ever that has ever healed (laughs) Uh, my dad did that one time with a rap tape it was a tape not a cd that he found it was the california song oh that's Um, a great song i know i'm like but dad like yeah i'm just kind of like okay dad like i get it if like some of the songs like you're not into me having but like this one is not like you're not even listening to the words come on he threw it like on the ground he didn't break it i went picked it back up and it's like whatever dad You talk about having a little brother. I had a little brother who was nine years younger than me. And speaking of the CD collection that I have, one of these here is the Sheryl Crow CD. I love Sheryl. that song, that's like all I want. I'm not singing because Zach already said it makes the dogs howl. But anyway, (laughs) all I want to do is have some fun. Well, it talks about like, yeah, Santa Monica Boulevard. So it talks about being in a bar and spinning a beer bottle. And then so Mark went and like narked on me to my parents that I'm listening to songs about drinking. And then I got mini grounded over it. And then he also like there was the song like Woot There It Is and all Uh the stuff. He would run and tell if I was watching it, the video, and then I would get grounded for what's a booty, Monica? And what? (laughs) No, I'm 14. Those of you out there, I know that you had the little narc little sisters and brothers. And I will tell you, if you did, I feel your pain. I do too. We weren't allowed heavy metal in my house either because my parents watched a documentary on the the dangers (laughs) of heavy metal. So Kiss was out, ACDC was out. It was all devil music. Basically. Well, if you look at some of the covers, I'm not going to lie. Like, I get why you would think it is double music. Have you seen that Twisted Sister? (laughs) Yeah, that's crazy. (laughs) So I went back to Spotify to 1995. And this is what it says. Foo Fighters were big. Radiohead. Alanis Morissette really never liked her. Everclear, one of the first concerts I ever went to. And then No Doubt, Spiderweb. I loved all that chick rock that got really big in that time. I mean, Mm -hmm. that's what I call it. That's the official term. So I went to the Space Hog concert. I think they played along with Everclear. And uh, the lead singer came out with just a sock on his you-know-what. His what? No, I'm just kidding. I do know what you're (laughs) referencing. (laughs) Wow. Okay. And that was during the one that you were at? The concert you were at? Yes. I I don't think I saw them until maybe 1997 because I could drive. But uh, yeah. (laughs) It was kind of shopping, shocking to my little eyes. What are some other CDs that you still have in your collection? Okay. So I still have Tom Petty, Wildflowers. That was oh, uh, yeah. so, uh, Tom Petty. So good. I have the Dumb and Dumber soundtrack. <laughs> Alrighty. The Sarah McLaughlin. Oh, I loved her. Oh, 
Yes, Building a Mystery is is on that album. Um, then I also album. had 20 pop hits, 1990 to 1994. So let me read you a couple of songs off that. So we've talked about bands, but here's some actual songs. Do you remember a Cantaloupe? Flip Fantasia. Do you remember that? Yes. Okay, yes. so Color Me Bad, All for Love, which I've already referenced how mm-hmm. I was into them. And then How Do You Talk to an Angel by The Heights. Mm-hmm. Let me give you one more. A Wilson Phillips Hold On, which I always associated with the 80s. Very interesting. That is interesting. So with any of these CDs, because by this time we're, we're talking mostly about CDs, but you, we still couldn't create our own CDs. We had to make no. mixtapes, right? Yes. So do you remember making mixtapes? Oh, for sure. I remember making them from the radio before I had a CD player. Oh, yeah. Uh, my cousin Amanda and I would call. She, we still talk about this one. We would call the radio station during the summer and we would just ask for like these songs that 12 year olds probably should not have listened to. Right. And then <laughs> finally, the DJ is just like, I cannot play any more of these songs for you girls. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, I, yeah. Yeah. That's kind of what happened. So because uh, we call, I think we were the only people calling and requesting on like a Tuesday at one in the afternoon. You know sure. what I mean? I think we were probably trying to get people who were at work. <laughs> well, I remember making them and then, you know, eventually I had a boyfriend. So I would make him mixtapes. Oh, you know, I did with all the super sap, sappy. Oh my gosh, you made him mixtape. I never had any romantic mixtapes for me. I, no one ever, no one ever did that for me. How sad for me. Such a sad life, right? Just I kidding. even made one for Paul when we first started dating, but by then it was a CD. Yeah, and whenever I, I just it to a CD. <laughs> yes, whenever I just said I made one for Zach, I meant. It was a CD by the time we were dating. Um, I think it'd be funnier just to have a cassette now. <laughs> oh, yeah. Actually, I have the cassettes in the basement. I do not have them here. Um, but some mixtapes that both Zach and I have from back in the day from middle school and high school and stuff. And I'm just like, we should break these out and see how cool we were. Yes. <laughs> well, now it's time for a little commercial break. Monica, I know you love travel and so do I. What I hate about traveling though is all the planning details. I took a trip to Nashville and it was like agony to find every place to eat and the hotel and everything. Well, Monica, you know you don't have to do all that planning, right? You can just book a vacation package with our good friend, Chris. She's a travel concierge. A travel concierge? I mean, what is that? You just give her your budget and your destination and she does everything will she book my flights in the vacation package sure thing and hotels absolutely can she find activities for the kids definitely can she book paul and i dinner reservations oh my goodness monica she has chartered yachts for people so i am confident that she can find the two of you the perfect restaurant well you had me at yacht because that's on paul and i's bucket list and if i remember correctly she said she does bucket lists. Yes, she does. She does bucket lists. She does family vacations. She does anniversaries. And she does this really cute, take your grandma to the last place on her bucket list. Oh my gosh. I had no idea that she did it all. Well, everything sounds heavenly. Is there a fee? No, there isn't one. It's all part of the concierge package. So friends, if you want to plan a spectacular vacation without all the hassle, then 
contact Chris on Instagram at Travel with Grace Enjoy and click on the link in her bio for more information. If you're interested in becoming a sponsor of the series, an episode, or a season, email us at contact at twomonicaspodcast.com. That's with the number two. Alrighty, enough of that. Now back to the show. Well, speaking of boyfriends and mixtapes and all of that stuff, is there any music a boyfriend introduced you to? Oh, definitely. So there's a couple. One is John Michael Montgomery. And if you're not familiar, that is a country singer. Yeah. So basically any country music that I listened to back then was an introduction from a boyfriend that I had. His name was Dak. Rhymes with Zach. Again, we are not psychoanalyzing. No, you're not psychoanalyzing no. Monica's choices. He was really into country and he introduced me to all sorts of really fun songs during that time. And I'll have to say that 90s pop country or 90s country that everyone listened to at the time was exceptional, in my opinion. I mean, that is where we get Garth Brooks right. from that time. And even though I was not a big country lover, I listened to some songs because of my boyfriend at the time. And then the other one is alternative music. I did a boy and I believe his name was Eric and he had long hair and my parents like flipped the flip out when they met him because he had because long, of the hair, long like, hair yeah down past his chin and I think he wore two different shoes like two different skater shoes and he was like right. uber alternative older so cute so smart seriously like he really owned the grunge if you will <laughs> he's like I'm gonna own this look he introduced me to the sweater song I don't know oh familiar with that. undone the sweater song yes yeah so he play I will never forget him playing that I'm embarrassed to this day that my reaction was repulsed by the sound of the music Really? I was like, what is this? I don't know why. But then later, as my music taste, you know, matured, because I was just 15 at the time that I heard that song. Um, and I was still most likely listening to Barry White, y'all. It's a song by Weezer. And it, I remember like it was yesterday when it came out and I yeah. loved it. Yeah. So what in the world was wrong with my musical taste? I have no idea, but I do remember being like, what is all this music that this boyfriend, he's so cute and all these things and then what is the song <laughs> i've got to look up the, i'm looking at the lyrics give me a second really quick oh okay oh i know what the problem was y'all so 100 was the most prudish person that you could probably have met during that time and it talked about the sweater unraveling and then and then the words are i'll soon be naked that made me feel really uncomfortable <laughs> the yeah i remember thinking it was the lyrics that made me uncomfortable lying on the floor lying on yeah the floor. so now that I'm older, like I, I understand this so much more. <laughs> that if your sweater unravels the entire way, yes, you will be naked. No, but this, yeah, obviously this is clearly a <laughs> metaphor for like, the yes. sweater is a metaphor. Like my boyfriend did not want to unravel my sweater. <laughs> <laughs> well, some of the music that I was introduced to was older music, like Carlos Santana. Oh. And the Allman Brothers. Floyd. That was a big nice. one. Nice. Yeah. So my... So you, you sound like you had a cool boyfriend. Or uh, are you he, dating he an played, older man? Started, Wait. No, no. I'm just confusing. Yeah. No. He was. <laughs> we were definitely the same age. Uh, but he played the guitar and one of his best friends played the bass. So they were very into music, especially Ooh. something with a good bass track and guitar licks. 
I do remember asking my parents if I could go to the Carlos Santana concert with them uh-huh. one year. I was probably about 17 before graduation. And my mom just like, she did a double take and she's like, the Carlos Santana? Like, yeah. isn't he really old now? And then she had to call her sister and tell her sister that I was going to see Carlos Santana. It was great. It was an awesome concert. We had long seats. It was a lot of fun. But I was introduced to a lot of the classics, and I liked them. I still do. Well, I was curious what else was out in 1996 and 1997. Let's see. We've got Matchbox 20. Do you remember the freshmen from the Burp Pipe? Yeah, I saw them in concert. And how about one of my all-time favorite bands, Sublime with Santeria. I played that song on repeat for sure. <laughs> so I'm skipping all these other bands that <laughs> I never liked as much. Like the Wallflowers, they were okay. Well, I have just uncovered one of Zach's somehow hiding here with my CDs because it has his name on it. And it is Naughty by Nature. Do you remember being down with OPP? I do remember OPP. (laughs) (laughs) And the best part is that now that I'm a parent and I've potty trained successfully two tiny children... I would say, you got to go pee pee. (laughs) Oh, you did not. I did. I still do it, especially if Sienna's holding herself. I'm dying. So those are just some of the songs that never go away. And, you know, it's the soundtrack of our life, basically. Oh, absolutely it is. And who knows what else. I mean, I quote a lot of movies that don't sing a lot of songs to my kids like you just did. I should bring that in. That will make them cringe now that they're approaching teens and graduating. Oh, for sure. For sure. Well, that's what this episode was really all about. Just bringing back some of the music that still plays in our head and in our hearts to give you a little bit of a break from the everyday monotony that can get so serious. All right, everyone, we want to take a little break here and ask you for help on getting the show out to new listeners. If you loved this episode, don't forget to follow us and leave a five-star review. Want more Two Monicas in a Microphone? Follow us on Instagram and every other social media source at Two Monicas Podcast, and that's with the number two. And don't forget to hit the share button and send this episode to a friend who might enjoy it as much as you do. If nostalgia is a subject you love, we've already done a couple in this series, so head on back. But if you want some more, go all the way back to season one, starting at episode nine. Now back to the show. Okay, Monica, before we say goodbye to everybody, I just want to go through a few more of my CDs. And I did have the Clueless soundtrack. Not surprised. I I did have the American in Paris soundtrack. Oh, okay. Forrest Gump soundtrack. I was very into soundtracks, apparently. Soundtracks were really big. They were very big. They could expose you to a lot of music that you otherwise might not listen to. Exactly. And then the crowning... And I say it's crowning because this is talk about boyfriends who introduced you to music. I dated a guy. I don't know if we were boyfriend and girlfriend. That's still, that's for another day. But we spent a lot of time together and we were very good friends and we went to prom together. We did all the boyfriend and girlfriend stuff. And he took me to the Bush concert. And I have that CD and I love every single song on that. And you know how I mentioned earlier having 
the younger narc brothers. Yes. The younger narc. But yeah, at a certain point, your older brothers feel like they want to be parents number two and three. And so or they just want to mess with your life because they're older brothers. And I had been invited to go to this Bush concert. And my brothers were like, you're going to let Monica go to that concert (gasps) to Bush. And like, first of all, Mickey and Jamie have never been anywhere near. I would not even consider them prudish at any point in their life. And I still think they were doing that to just stir up trouble and be older brothers. So my parents, though, they're like, well, it was my senior year. Well, if Mm -hmm. Monica feels like she needs to go to this, then, you know, she can make that decision. And I'm pretty sure they're like thinking I wouldn't. I was like, yeah, bye. (laughs) I'll never forget it. We were like in my grandmother's house having like lunch. I don't know. I was like, what are you doing? Think about it. Bush does not have bad songs. Like, what are we even talking about? If I listen to music, I'm going to have one of their songs on it on my playlist. Oh my gosh. I have Armageddon, the album, Counting Crows, Monica. So much stuff in here. The Armageddon, that's the one that my second college roommate played. Yeah. Oh my gosh. All the time. I think that was from the, yeah. um, Would have been late. 1997. (laughs) Well, friends, that is our episode for today. Uh, We're not sure if you liked any of the music that we've mentioned or all of it or a mix and match variety of your own. I also have the Ronald Reagan diaries if anybody wants to go to bed. (laughs) And if you're ready for the next series, just wait for October where we're delving into everything spooky from witches to international spooky stories and true horror asylums. Until next time, bye.